0: This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. At the end of worship, Jay had come to me and and kind of just what was going on with worship and what Matt had shared, and he just felt like there was such a deposit of the promise of what God is doing. And um, so he, you know, I was willing for him to share it. I don't, I don't want I don't want you to see people come up and then like no. You know, seriously, I want you to feel my heart. So he felt he just wanted to tell me that, um, but I feel to share it, that, you know, know that whether we feel it or not, when there is a movement of God like that, and um, I even feel like... The way that Matt shared the word that he shared is so in line and akin to the spirit of what I'm teaching tonight, so you know I encourage you as as we're all growing and maturing um, in what the flow of God is, I think sometimes we can have a perspective of what the flow of God is based on what we've experienced thus far, and so we kind of sometimes i'm not saying you guys do this i'm you know I do it occasionally so i 'll be the, the guinea pig that says you know sometimes then we don't recognize when he's doing things subtly differently or whatever because we 've always seen it certain ways so that 's part of the power of us really looking um, delving deeply into our topic now that's kind of that 's indefinite, unhindered trust. What is it really because what's what 's kind of Up in that is what is it really to walk with God we don't want to walk with him just up to the point you know always governing everything based on what we currently know because what we currently know if it's really been revealed to us by God is pregnant with more take a deep breath I'm gonna say it again anything that we understand and have received by revelation from God is always pregnant with more I'll give you a a visible picture, an apple tree has a multitude of apples on it, but one apple tree is pregnant with much more. You take one apple off the tree. Remember I shared with you all that I was eating an apple one day and two of the seeds dropped into my hand. And instantly the Spirit of God said to my heart, that is orchards for eternity— These tiny seeds you plant and you get a tree that gets a multitude of apples that all have seed in them. And so, you know, that's, I'm really encouraging you all as, as we go further and delve more deeply, you will always hear me say this, into this, into this. We're not just delving into God. We're delving into God's word. We're delving into, this is not rules and boundaries or fences or brick walls. This is guidelines and a protective space for us to live in. And it's so rich that if you submit to the truths of God as he's ministering them to you, you don't move the fences out further as you mature. He does. He gives deeper revelation, farther revelation. He helps us to be secure because the more deeply we trust him, the greater confidence we have to go further, to walk more out of our comfort zones. Does this make sense to you all? Um, I know, and I, I just want to share with you, because I know that when Pastor Abel taught last week, he had said that he'd be teaching again this week, and um, he just, he had a lot going on that he had to make the decision that he would not be teaching this week, and so on the normal rotation, I was up next, so I'm up. Yay. Um yeah, so um, so he would apologize. He wasn't lying to you. His intention was that he would be up tonight, um, but it just, things played a different way. And so and so we always flow with that, right? Okay, so we're still in, obviously, unhindered trust, indefinitely, um, and it will go a you know, multitude of ways, but all of it about trusting God. <clears throat> I wanted to... Um, touch on something at the beginning of of this teaching tonight um, regarding right and wrong. You know, there is that which is right or righteous, profitable, and there's that which is technically wrong because it doesn't bring life. But if our whole focus, and and we only live, only discern things, and we'll only go so far when we know about right and wrong— We're going to miss relationship with God. You see, God doesn't want us to be continually paranoid that we're going to make a mistake. In fact, I'll say it for him because he has said it to me, and anybody that loves me and has mentored me and nurtured me has said it to me, you will make mistakes. I will make mistakes. We will all make mistakes. I mean, if you really want to get brass tacks, that's why Jesus died. We can't do it right alone. So take a deep breath and let God begin to give you unhindered trust whereby you don't walk with fear. Fear is a paralyzing force. It will cause you to not even be able to fellowship properly with your heavenly unseen father who is spiritual and not seen, not touchable. You can't see him, smell him, and yet you can experience him. And The confidence to do that comes from Him. Are you all with me? So um, God's desire is that He wants us to interact with Him, and He'll guide us in life and peace and prosperity. So that's part of the aim in So Too is as we grow and mature in biblical truth, we're less bound by right and wrong and more bound by life or death. Does it bring life? You see, there are some things that aren't in and of themselves evil, but will it bring life for you? Is it your path? You know, th- this is something that if we're, if we're really devoted Christians and so forth, we can go down roads and, and lose all of our energy doing things that they're not really profitable for us. You know, like if, if you're not called to public ministry, don't try and find it. I mean, actually, we're all called to public because, I mean, there is a public out there that needs to hear that Jesus loves them, right? Um, but I'm just saying, so, so I wanted to kind of bring that, that we don't, we don't want to aim in this whole walk of looking at trusting God like trusting God is right and not trusting God is wrong. Because then we're like, oh, am I in faith? Am I not in faith? Am I a good girl and I'm trusting God? Or am I a naughty girl and I'm not, I got no faith? Because when we feel like I got no faith, you can get scared because some things unfold in life that without faith, you'll die. I'm I'm not just talking like dead in a casket. I'm talking, you'll go down a path that will make you feel crazy or whatever. You with me? So our aim in so is not just that. Our aim is, God, as I study this word, as I get more and more relaxed, more and more um, coordinated in how I walk with you, then I'm going to get more and more confident and more and more relaxed. Now, note I said relaxed in walking with him, not lax. Okay, relaxed at ease, at peace, in my walk. And and what's so important, that's the big thing about faith, is your faith, your trust in him, not just us in so, our community's trust of God, because it's individual, personal faith. And so that's why he wants us to not just be focused on being good Christians, not naughty Christians, right and wrong. He wants us to focus on relationship, because with God, he will always point you in the direction of life. Sometimes it may not be the way we want it to be pointed. I'll put both hands up and say sometimes I'm like, really, Jesus? Okay. So sometimes just that whole idea of right and wrong is that we don't want to sin. Anybody in here want to sin? Well, I mean sometimes it looks appealing. But I mean like we're not sitting there. So if we're not sitting there saying that, then we don't want to constantly say, I just don't want to sin. I just want to walk right. I don't want to sin. Does, is that a focus on God? No, that's a focus on me and my behavior. And so when our focus is simply to not sin, just so we can be pleasing. I mean, anybody ever lived that with a natural parent? Just don't want to disappoint them and so we strain to behave properly and we strain to have the core values of our household not a bad thing we have to raise our kids with boundaries but then we have to trust them to walk in what we've given them god trusts you to walk with him he says i'll never leave you or forsake you forsake means he'll never not be what you need in the moment So if you're out there and he's walking with you and you're in the crazy place, he's going to be what you need in that moment. It might be that inkling inside that says, Kathy, you know this is not good for you. And I'll be thinking, "But I want to. Ever talk to yourself like that? I have. I really want to. But inside I'm like, "Mm, but I'm not comfortable with this. Not even realizing what's actually going on here is the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. I'm thinking it's me because it's all taking place all up in here. Sometimes you can trip out on like where's where is it all? I'm not saying it's not good to learn certain things. I'm just saying don't get tripped up in the learning process. So we get so focused on not sinning that we actually miss the mark further because we don't relate to God. And so as a good father, he can't guide because we just want to do it right. You with me? And here's another thing that I want to hit. Okay. You love me, right? You trust me. Okay. Sometimes we get so focused, especially in spirit-filled groups. Because, you know, let me clarify, like spirit-filled, sometimes we're the people that hear the Holy Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. We're moved by the Spirit. We hear the Holy Spirit. So we can get so focused on hearing a proceeding word in this moment that we don't obey what he said to us before. He will say, this is where I want you to walk, and this is where you're going to be safe, Kathy. And so I'm like, Lord, lead me, lead me. And he's like, I did lead you two and a half years ago. I wanted you to study this, or I wanted you to attend so. You guys are obedient. You're here. But I mean, think about this, because sometimes we're like, Lord, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. I need a word now, Lord. And deep down inside, he has said, trust me, Kathy. Trust me some things that have transpired for one of my sons just in the past year, Um, way when my kids were little, God is like, you can trust me with your kids, irregardless of how life unfolds for them. You can trust me. You think that hadn't been a trip and a half to continue to trust God when full-on, full-fledged adult children make decisions or something starts unfolding in their life and your heart aches and it's like, But then in this past year, at the beginning of what started happening, God is like, model trusting me. I told you, you could trust me with your kids no matter what happens. I don't like some of the no matters of what happens. I don't want them to have that going on. But is God faithful? Because this is the power of trusting God. This is the power of going further. I want to go further in trusting him. Because I don't just have three adult children. I have five grandchildren growing up in this world who will also have offspring growing up on this planet. I have spiritual offspring walking on this planet, having children or getting ready to have children. And I want everybody to have good. So part of my faith is, God, you can tr- I can trust you with all of this. Are you all with me? Because this is, I'm telling you, we're delving into some stuff that I promise you, and I can promise you because this promises you. If you will honor his word, his word will never not do something proper for you. It may not always unfold the way you wanted it to, or the way you thought you were supposed to pray about it. Don't sweat some of that stuff. When it unfolds differently, say, I trust you, God. I trust you, God. Right now, I'm needing you to help me trust you. I'm saying I trust you by faith. Because right now, my brain's going, what the heck is going on, Jesus? Anybody ever been there? Maybe today. Maybe today. Okay? Um, So what has he said to you? Because you are never without the word of the Lord. Never. God's been speaking truth into this planet from day one. He's been saying, let there be light. He says, let there be light in many different ways. He says it in churches every time someone preaches Jesus from the pulpit. I don't care what denomination they are. They may not even know what this word means, but if they are given this word to their congregation, Jesus can do a work in that congregation. So don't judge denominations. Be very, if you're going to say, I'm going to trust this word, trust this word. God's working in this world. There's nine churches in this business park. Please don't diss any of them. Every one of them believes in the name of Jesus. That's good enough for me. It may not, you know. Well, I won't even go there because I but just, just pray. If you have thoughts about them or you think, like, why are there so many churches? Why don't they just all go to one? Human. They're humans. Okay? Um, So think about things he has said to you. Um, So often we want something new. Okay, I think that's enough said about all of that. Um, God wants you to have a very powerful natural life. Don't, Don't try and not have a natural life. You can get all funkified and act religious. You're having a natural life. You are a spirit being, but you are having a natural life. You are living in the natural on planet Earth in a human body natural stuff is going to unfold. However, this word will give you supernatural insight into how to handle all the natural that's unfolding. Okay? That's why I mean if you think about it and I am going to go here in the beginning God said let there be light. There there was and I don't have time tonight to go into this but between Genesis 1:1 and Genesis 1:2 there was a vast amount of time and Many theologians believe that was where the the fall of Satan happened and all that. I'm not going into that. There's not even time. We would need a year on just that course. However, God spoke creatively, (coughs) creating something out of nothing. Then something happens, and then God comes with restorative language. And everything he said began to retrieve. And then he places man in the garden to tend and keep to be guardian to be dominion figures on the earth that's why we sit in classes like this and we look at what does it really look like to trust god with who i am on this planet okay repetition is way powerful in learning process okay you're going to hear things some things you'll hear you might hear out of me every time i'm in the rotation i'm not going to say sorry because repetition is one of the most powerful ways to get things going. It's how you get muscle memory in your physical body, is to do the same exercise again and again, to do the same task over and over, to remind yourself of step one, step two, step three in the task, right? So we're going to look at what what is faith, because this is about unhindered trust, but it's faith. I just... You know, with the guys, I'm working with them. Let's demystify, because we hear the word faith in church all the time. But let's demystify it, and it's not a church word. Faith, everybody's walking in faith every day. What we're studying is the God kind of faith. Okay, we all, you came in and sat down on a chair. You had faith the chair would hold you. Um, You came in ready to sing. You had faith that we would have somebody on the platform doing some music, right? Okay, so let's look at what faith is. It's expectation. Anybody not expect something today? You expected all kinds of things. If you left at rush hour, you expected traffic on 66. Seriously, I'm, I'm being really serious. You, you may not expect to go out there and say, oh, it's just free. There's no traffic on 66. I'm just going to whiz through. No, if you leave at rush hour, there's a lot of other people leaving with you at rush hour. So it's expectation. It's persuasion influence persuades you in certain directions. It's important to understand that because we all let a lot of different kinds of influence into our our experience, right? I mean, if you watch, uh, Neil and I love Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, and if you're anywhere near our age, you get it. Well, there's certain commercials, um, pharmaceutically, that are on Literally in that hour, all of the commercials are pharmaceutical for people over a certain age. It agitates us to no end. <laughs> we like, are like, ah. it's very frustrating. So that's when you go and get another glass of tea or whatever you need to do because the commercials, it's just annoying. Why? It's influential. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, but fear comes by hearing a bunch of other cred. Thoughts are planted. So it's Persuasion comes through influence. Faith is also being completely convinced, like completely convinced. There are women that will pay $300 for a quarter ounce of cream because they're completely convinced it will take care of the fine lines around their eyes. Now, I'm not saying it won't because, I mean, there is a placebo effect too or placebo, whatever they call it, if you believe something. There is a power to belief, guys, even wackadoodle belief. So it's being completely convinced, complete reliance on someone or something, or maybe something someone said to you. You're going to have complete reliance. This is why parents are so influential in kids' lives, because kids believe mommy and daddy will never say anything wrong to me or do anything that would harm me. And because mommy and daddy were raised by people, maybe, that weren't enlightened parents, Things happen, and so we begin to have expectations. Let's say no condemnation and no hatred of anybody in our lives because people can only guide us how they've been influenced. Okay? Um, So it's that, and then it's absolute trust. And I encourage you, go look at Hebrews 11.1 in all kinds of translations. But particularly in New King James, because it says that faith is a substance, and it's the substance that causes other things to be formed and framed. And it says that the elders actually framed their world with the Word of God, the influence of God. The influence of God comes and causes us to begin to change how we view things, change how we speak about things, and we start framing our world differently. Sometimes it starts by us reframing our inner world. Like we'd be having crazy thoughts, but God's word comes and says, no, I have a promise for you, Kath. You don't have to be afraid of that anymore. Are you all with me? Okay. So I wanted to do that repetitive. This is about faith. So faith is formed through input. Faith. The God kind of faith is formed through input of truth and natural, just any kind of faith maybe even negative faith. You know, fear is negative faith. Fear is trusting something negative is going to happen. Fear can be trusting, like if you have a lot of pictures painted for you, or people that are misguided, or mean, or dark. I don't You know, not everything that happens around us, and I said this a couple weeks ago, is literally demons or evil spirits. We need to understand that some things have literally been sown in family lineages, ugliness, anger, wrath, violence, sexual abuse. Some of that's been sown. So it might not be the spirit is right there, but the fruit of the seeds that were sown is manifesting. You all with me? So can God change those things? Yes, absolutely. Um, So faith happens through input. And we experience life as we have expectations, beliefs. Think about this, like whatever you currently believe about God or about your life or the world or, and yes, I'm going to go here, or the government or politics, it came from somewhere. I'm going to let that go because I can feel a soapbox trying to be set in front of me and I don't think it's God. So faith is formed by influence that comes to us. When, when influence comes to us, we can begin to build a structure. You know, it's almost like, like a lawyer puts together a case He puts together a case. He gets all the information on maybe the criminal, if it's the prosecuting attorney, all the information. He even gets back information on what has happened in that criminal's existence prior to that, and he builds a case. Um, So does the devil. He's been trying to build a case for a very long time. Not just against, it's not personal. It's against humans. Really, it's against God. But because we're the love of God, He loves us, okay? Um, Let's go and look at um, 2 Corinthians 10, okay? Y'all with me? Okay, 2 Corinthians 10, because we want to let God's word show us how do we adjust our thinking? What is it to get a new perspective? How do we change from from feeling condemnation, excuse me, guilt, um, maybe just... Feeling blank? You ever just doubt? Like, I got some doubts. You know, doubt is not an evil thing. It's just you don't have enough information. That's That's the simplicity of doubt. Now, unbelief is somebody gave you the information, you chose not to believe it. But doubt is like, oh, wow, I just don't have enough information. So if you've got things going on in your life and you've sort of heard God would be good there, but you, you haven't really spent time pondering those truths, just go ponder the truth. Because that's what chases doubt away, is the confidence that comes from God that you think God's confident in what he can do and what he has already done? You think he's confident? Or you think he's thinking, well, I just hope this works? I mean, a lot of us Christians, we'd be like, I hope this works. And you know, some people would be like, and us charismatics would be like, Jesus, Jesus. Or we might get down on our feet. Fa- I'm not mocking. I'm just saying we're hoping. But God's not hope. God knows what he can do. He knows how he's built us. That's why Pastor Gavin's teaching some heavy-duty stuff right now. But just breathe. Just breathe. Let God teach you where you're going to learn. Don't scrutinize how he's saying it or what he's saying. Just say, Lord, help me to understand how I'm built. Okay? Because sometimes people's communication style or what they say, we're like, I don't understand. God can can interpret it for you. I mean, some things I say, you might think, what the heck is this woman talking about? But just breathe because God's the one who reveals. I'm going to present what I believe he gave me to present. So um, 2 Corinthians 10.3. Says for we and I'm using New King James. I love I love all the stuff, but New King James like this is the solidness. There's a way solidness here. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. You might say we don't um, fight. You know, like we we don't fight our arguments and our challenges according to our flesh or how we feel. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not natural. You know, you may think, well, I don't don't have a bunch of weaponry. Yeah, you do. How you're built is a weapon. You're built to house the seed of the word of God and have fruit. You are God's garden. Where does he plant his seed? Think about it. If you're married, I'm married. I am Neil's garden. You just look at our three kids. They're his kids. Think about it. Why do you think that in biblical truth, God paints Jesus as the bridegroom? Who is Jesus, the living word? Where does Jesus put his seed? In his bride. See, some of the pictures don't get caught up in like, heavenly stuff is not about sex. No. Sex isn't about sex. No, seriously, guys, come on it's covenantal stuff. We've made it something just purely natural. God said, I had a big intention in all of this. I wanted more and more and more housing to house my spirit, to walk in truth, to bring goodness into this earth. Y'all with me? Okay, so let's go back here. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not natural, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Where do strongholds happen? In the six inches between your ears. They can be strongholds of like fear and defeat and negativity, or as God's word comes, he can tear down the negative housing. Um, Get a picture like a house of cards. God knows how to play his cards right, and he can build you a house of cards inside of your thinking. Like, don't try to think about, think back to what Pastor Gavin's teaching right now. Don't, we're not, I'm not saying we're geographic location. I'm saying God literally says, you got some weapons. How you're built is a weapon. The fact that my word actually will make more sense to you than the lies will. Because think about it, God's word comes and it calms us down. If you begin to make a practice of going to God by going to biblical truth, you're going to find yourself, this is going to basically be better than any antidepressant you will take. Why? Because God wants to meet you here. And when he meets you here, he will calm you and overshadow you and cause you to know that he is caring for you right there in that moment. At first, you may not feel it. I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, like certain drugs, and at first it doesn't, I still feel whatever. But like even say, if you get strep throat or something and they give you penicillin, The sore throat doesn't go away with the first pill. You submit yourself to the regimen. I'm going to tell y'all, submit yourself to the regimen. You are not coming to sow aimlessly. If you don't get anything else I say tonight, let me tell you, when you come to sow, this is serious business here. This is serious business. This word will save you. Not just save you, give you a ticket to heaven. This word will save you in Everything that's happening on this planet, anything that happens in your family, in your body, this word will save you even when the outcomes unfold in ways that are so disappointing. Disappointment is like not just an emotion. It's trying to get you off the truth. Degree by degree by degree. The enemy comes to divide us from our heavenly father. Okay, so back to this. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down those strong, crazy thoughts, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Think about it. You, I mean, with COVID, all through the COVID thing, what happened? Somebody would even sneeze. I mean, like, you can sneeze from dust in a house. Come on, guys. But during COVID, if people were in public and they heard somebody sneeze, be like... <laughs> Do they have a mask on? I mean, there was like paranoia over the human sneeze. So what kind of arguments could rise up against that argument? I don't have to fear things. Here's why. God says that believers lay hands on the sick, they can recover. God says we are healed by the stripes of Jesus. It doesn't say you'll never get sick because of Jesus' stripes. It doesn't say, in your humanity, you'll never get a virus. The virus lives on the planet. His name is darkness. Yeah, amen, baby. (laughs) In agreement with me. High five. So, casting down arguments in every high thing, anything that you get in thoughts, it's exalting itself. Don't get a picture of a demon. Just say, "I just took a crazy thought." I'm not going to. Jesus said, "Take no thought." Saying, conversation starts in our brain. So, when uh, a dark thought comes, a conversation starts inside of us because we're built to be responsive. I mean, you may not all have as many words as I do or talk as much as I do, but we are meant to be conversive, interactive, verbal beings. We're meant to be verbal. We're meant to have connection. And it starts inside. We have these conversations. So when the argument comes to say, this thing will work out right, you think some arguments didn't come to Neil and I to say, man, all hell is breaking loose in your son's life and where could this go? But we're like, no, 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 no. God will build a case here. So you build, you begin to build an argument. You build, uh, like I said, a system of beliefs. The reason we're studying this and so is because God wants each one of us to be able to put together a system of beliefs that work every time we pull up that system. Think about computer programs. And if something goes on, isn't there like, I mean, I don't know how to say this. You can correct me, Danny, or whatever. But like, you know, if there, a virus happens in the computer, then you got an antivirus thing that's programmed into your computer, and it'll just do these rotational things to like protect your computer. Before God said, let there be light, he made a way whereby there was a virus program that would militate against all the lies okay but i'm gonna throw a question out don't get mad at me because i hear it all the time from god Uh, you know this cat are you doing this kathy Knowing it's not the same as doing it you can have a belief structure are you hiding in that structure when the you know what hits the fan are you pulling up that system saying god it's time for the antivirus thing because i'm feeling crazy Y'all may think, I don't ever feel crazy. You need to live with me. There's a lot happening inside here. I'm a deep thinker. That's a beautiful thing. It can also be a curse. Because when you deeply think, you don't always deeply think in God. Okay? Seriously. So if you're a deep thinker, and you ever want to talk about that, well, first go to him in this. But if you can't work it out, we'll chat. So everything, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I'm going to say Jesus Christ, because Christ isn't his last name, okay, the anointed one and his anointing, but think about it, Jesus Christ had to bring his thinking into captivity to the anointing. If anything religious is happening, just turn it off right now because Jesus walked by faith. If Jesus didn't walk by faith, then how is God going to require us to walk by faith? Jesus didn't do what he did because he was God. Because the Bible teaches us that he laid it all aside and came as a human. The Bible also says that he was tempted in every way that the rest of us are. He had a human existence, he had a human family, siblings. Hello? He had siblings. They can be the best friends. They can also be the best learning environment. So, bringing things, and that's what we're looking at here. Bringing things. If we choose to believe wrongly, hear this and don't get mad at me. We just read the scripture. If we choose to believe wrongly, we give place to dark influence. In other words, if you don't take thoughts captive, say no condemnation, we're learning. Okay. If we don't take dark thoughts captive, then we are allowing something to get started. We're building a diff- we're allowing the stronghold to start. Yeah. We're beginning to build a system of belief that is at some point going to be real difficult to live in. Is this making sense to you guys? Okay. Um, and then I kind of want to add this. You can, you can go to Matthew 18 on your own and look at this. But Jesus taught about, he said, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. There's more to that than what a lot of people will teach. And if you delve into the ancient language, you can find that. But it really is telling us about the power of agreement. If, if we choose to agree with like, some of the things that are loose on the earth, mankind has chosen to agree with darkness in some areas, many times in ignorance, not even realizing that we're setting loose some patterns that will go from generation to generation. Okay, So, so there is a power of agreement, but the promise there is that when we agree with his word, we just allowed the God of creation to be our advocate and take part with us in our lives. You see, he won't cross our will. But when we say, Lord, I believe that you've told me in your word. I'm going to take your word. I want you to teach me to live in your words, in your guidance. We're choosing to agree with him. Do you think that God is not moving far more powerfully than you're aware? Sometimes he sets in right then and there, and he's moving with us, moving with us. But then a doubt comes, and we do what Paul warned us about in 2 Corinthians 10, and we take a thought. And we say, oh, Lord, I thought it was working, but I don't think it is now. If we'll hesitate for a minute and say, Lord, you see I'm doubtful. Here, help me, Jesus. He'll remind you of something. It might be a scripture that rises up inside you. He might just say, go back to that scripture that Kathy told you on Wednesday night. See, there's always going to be an inclination that comes Because the Bible says that he'll never leave us in a point of temptation or, you know, something bad going on without coming after us. We just don't always listen. Or we have a thought and we think, that's just me. What good is it going to be for me to go back to 2 Corinthians 10? You're fellowshipping. You're fellowshipping. A couple of weeks ago, Nate taught about fellowship and focus. In fellowship you have focus. Matt brought the word from the Lord tonight about we don't need solutions. We just need to sit in him. He is the solution. Are you all with me? That's so beautiful. That word was like my message tied up in that minute-long word you gave. That's totally it. And I listened. I was like, oh, Jesus, you're so cool how you just say it. Um, okay, so James one twenty-one, And I'm going to read this one from The Passion. Well, I've got it written down, so I don't even have to open it. So this is why we abandon everything morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, which has been implanted within our nature, for the word of life has power to continually deliver us. Think about that. It's not just, oh, we're reading the Bible and we want to be good and we want to do right, not wrong. No, we want a fellowship with God. We want a confidence to come to us that even when everything goes nuts around us or in our lives, we can sit there and say, I know that I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone. It sure looks like I am, Jesus. I don't see your hand at work. I don't see your hand. But you're here. How can I know you're here, Jesus? That's why... go." Have yourself filled with the word, the things that you're learning here at So, put them in practice. The things you learn on Sunday mornings, put them in practice. Build a stronghold. Build a fortress to hide in. God will show you how to do it. That's what he does personally. And you're probably all doing this, but that's, like I said, the best way to learn is repetitive. Repetitive teaching. Um, So from that verse, I want to look at, just for a split second, this picture of Conceiving conceiving as opposed to just believing. Conception is where we actually present ourselves for something to come to us, come into us, and then grow in us. I mean, if you even think about natural conception, we can learn the facts of life, all of us. Um, There's no children in the room. Well, there are, but they're not going to even know what I'm talking about because they're babies. But we can know the facts of life. We can believe that if we come together with our husband, we can get a baby. But if we don't really come together with our husband, we ain't going to get no baby. It's not going to just... I mean, it was, there was one immaculate conception. Only one. The rest of them happen when we take action on what we believe. So to truly conceive is to truly believe God and say, I'm going to step into what you're telling me could happen. I'm going to believe that I can conceive your promise. Why can I believe that? Because I have a spiritual womb. Um, I'm using words to paint pictures. I'm not saying that the Bible refers to your spirit as a womb. However, if you're the bride of Christ, and we're built for the living seed of the word of God, and in many places in the New Testament, the seed is the word spermos, Sound familiar? So how do you conceive the promises of God? You willingly receive the sperm of God, the word, the seed. You do understand that all these spiritual truths came first. Our natural lives become a picture to explain some things that God wants us to understand. Covenant love and marriage. God wants us to understand Laying your life down for another and coming together and putting two lives together for family life. You see, there's pictures. It's not like, oh, God says, oh, wow, for marriage. I think I'll teach him covenant in the Bible based on that. No, he's like, let me unfold my desire to walk in family relationship with my creation. I'm going to let them have marriages. I'm going to let them have mates. I'm going to let them conceive and reproduce after their kind. All the animals will reproduce after their kind. The picture will continually prove to them that the seed has life in it. Come on, guys. Do you realize how powerful that is that God says, I'm proving some things to you? Seed has life in it. Every seed has life in it. Every seed. It's crazy good. It's so crazy good. So we conceive truth. We conceive by laying down with the Word. You're going to have to spend some time in the Word. You probably already are. I'm just saying, even if you, if you jot down things that are brought on Wednesday nights and you just go there, that kind of commitment, God's gonna. God is no man's debtor. If you say, you know what? I really believe they're teaching us on Wednesday night. I really believe, Lord, that you want me to learn some more about this. Even if you know something, everything you know, remember I said at the beginning, is pregnant with more. There's no revelation that you get to the end of it and God says, there, you got it all. You got it all. So what do I do for the next 50 years, Lord? I'll just wait. I'll take you to heaven at some point. He doesn't talk like that. He says, you don't have to die to go to heaven. Come on, guys. His intention was never that man die to go to heaven. His intention was that he said, let there be light. And in the material world, heaven arrived. Come on, I, I'm, this is the stuff like this makes me crazy. This word is so powerful. Second <sighs> Timothy, one seven. Let's go there. What am I doing? I'm so excited I'm not even going to the right place. Okay, Second Timothy one, verse seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, the NIV says timidity. So you might say, well, I'm not really a very fearful person. Are you timid? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That sound mind, that that phrase there in the Greek is sophronismos. I'm butchering it, I'm sure. But it's safe thinking. (laughs) I love it. Like everything I've said tonight is to get to this point. God literally wants to help us think safely. Because when we don't think safely, something starts building inside of us. And then out of the abundance of our interior, Jesus taught this in Matthew 12, whatever you allow to be built inside of you, at some point, something's going to squish you and out of your mouth, out of the abundance of what's inside you, whether it's fear or faith or whatever it is, it's going to come out. Pastor, Pastor um, Gavin was saying this. It was so precious. He was so honest. He said, why, like, when you stub your toe or you, like, you pound your hand with a hammer or something, what comes out of our mouth? You know, he was just so honest, like, I love that. I, I love that kind of transparency that just, why do some things come out of us? Anger, wrath, whatever. But it's stuff that's already in us. And, he, and he's not, like, judging it. And clearly it sounds like he's got some of that that happens, too because why we're human but we don't want to build a case like we're so bad just because we did something that isn't totally right and it's partially because what are we looking at the difference between life and death so we don't take condemnation we say wow lord came shooting out sometimes those kind of things with me not just words like that like a cuss word or something but just anything i'll say you know what i'm really glad jesus that i know this is why you died because i can't do it all right but you are right there. And this is the thing that I think is such a treasure from God, conviction. Because conviction, like when something says, ooh, Kath, it proves he's in there. It proves he's moving in me and talking to me because I'm not comfortable with certain things. And he's like, that's because we live together. I don't like my roommate, my partner to... And so he doesn't judge me, he just says... Let's ponder a little more what the Father would talk to us about. Sometimes Jesus, I feel like he says to me, let's sit with the Father. I love what our Father says. I love that because Jesus is my Savior, and so he and I sit with the Father. He's so beautiful. So it's faith versus fear. Faith, and I said this at the beginning, faith motivates, fear paralyzes. If you feel yourself, you know, timid or or skeptical or you're not wanting to move a direction that you really feel would be healthy or good or what is the enemy messing with you is he bringing some timidity some fearful thoughts or some negativity toward where god wants to build a powerful refuge stronghold um and in light of that um the last time that I taught, I talked a lot about and taught a lot about the power of words and that understanding being the key to life, Do you all remember. And Luke 8:11 11 tells us that the word is seed, okay, that, the, that God's word is seed. So all of the teaching that comes in the New Testament about farming and all, God's painting pictures. He's building a stronghold so that you know just the same way a natural seed will be put into good ground and taken care of like water. Who was it was talking about water and stuff? Was that in our prayer time? I can't remember. Um, No, Danny. Danny talking about um, the plant and the water and all. And I mean, life... It started life again so when you care for the seed if you find yourself get to a cuckoo place just go back just put some water on it sometimes water could be just go back and read the word again that's like watering what's already in you okay so this is if if words are seeds and this is another picture for you then words are containers it's very clear pun intended what's in this bottle it's water I'm not having my thirst quenched by the bottle. It's what's in the bottle. The life for me is what's in the bottle. You think this is just words? These are containers. There's healing in here. There's peace in here. There's joy in here. There's deliverance in here. There's prosperity in here. No. Yeah. So they're containers of either life or death, yeah. either positivity or negativity. Um, and a lot of times you, you can feel it. You can feel it. You, can, you know what's in it. And if you're... I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I know who brings condemnation. And I'm not going to go Um So something good or something bad is inside of a container. You don't open... Um, Bumblebee tuna And expect to find whipped cream So why do we holler at people and be mean And we think they're going to love us And know that we love them Why does the church judge the world And we think they're going to Experience the love of God I'm just saying They're seeds They're containers Our behaviors, our words, they're containers Um. So whatever's inside, and this is just another little hunk of something, Genesis 1.29 says that the seed reproduces after its kind. God was teaching that. He had Moses write Genesis so that we could get some beginning understanding of this planet and how to handle things. And so it's called the law of Genesis, seed reproducing after its kind. I mean, even from the very beginning, God taught that. Don't think you're going to plant an orange seed and get an apple tree. Don't think that you're going to eat from a space God said don't eat from and get God's blessing. God wasn't punishing. He had given them a warning. Isn't God beautiful to give warnings? You know, like to say, you're not going to feel good if you go there. That's right. You're not going to feel good. Like, I just can't eat real spicy food. I'm, I'm not trying to make that spiritual. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't have to be told that anymore. I've pressed the envelope on it and had the experiences, and it just doesn't, my body doesn't like it, and it lets me know that it doesn't like it, okay? So when, when you start to feel funky or nervous or fearful, what did you eat? Don't go into condemnation, just say, Lord, what did, I, did I eat something? Um, do I want to go here? Let me see. I think so. Mark. Mark is a place. If you want to know about seed, hang out in Mark 4. Just hang out in Mark 4. Just read it over and over and over and over and over. And a lot of it's red. You know, I love me some red ink. And, um, but seriously, read it. But Mark um, 4, verse 3, Jesus says, listen. Hey guys, listen up. Behold, a sower went out to sow. Who do you think the first sower was? He looked into the darkness that had transpired on the planet and he said, Let there be light. Now, the light of the day and the light of the night happened a little later in that chapter. This was, Let there be illumination. In other words, out of the one who is light and creativity. So Jesus is going to begin to teach about sowing, teach about seed, teach about ground. And so I encourage you to really delve into that. Verse 13, this is a crazy big exhortation from Jesus. He says, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? In other words, to me, that's a major exclamation point from Jesus. If you don't let me show you about the sowing of seed and seeds being in containers and seeds containing something, words containing something, that if you let icky stuff come into you, you're going to have fruit. He's not telling us that so that we'll be squeaky clean Christians and be able to prove to the world that Jesus is real. That's That's not why he's doing it. He's doing it because he is love and he cares how we're experiencing our existence on the planet. His intention was exactly what Jesus said in John 10:10. 10, 10. Jesus said the thief comes only for this reason to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come that you would have life of a superior quality. He didn't say I have come that you would be well-behaved Christians. He said, I've come that you would have an abundant, overflowing life. And then it's taught by Paul and Corinthians that you would have more than enough for yourself and to overflow into the lives of others. Not just of the word and the seed and the love of God, but even of substance. So Jesus is saying, if you don't understand this, that's why I say some of the things that we're bringing to you here and so, go play there. Go hang out there. You know, sometimes I'll sit in scripture and I'll be like, I don't get it, Jesus. I might read something, I'm I'm like not feeling it. Or, you know, sometimes I'm just, I'll be honest, sometimes I'm just being obedient. I feel like I'm supposed to go there. And I'll be like, "I'm I'm not feeling it today, Jesus. But I have a fellowship with him that's been built for decades now. And so I know he's there. I know he knows better than me why I'm not feeling it. And he's just said, still come and meet me. Come and let's hang out. Why? His influence on me happens even when I don't know it's happening. You see, we do it all the time with friends, communities, groups of people. Some people, we want to love all people, but it's not always beneficial to hang out with some people. And so sometimes we'll hang out with people and we we don't understand, like, "Mm, uh, why do I get real depressed or oppressed or why am I real negative? Doesn't mean that we want to diss people. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. But sometimes we need to let God show us what is beneficial for us at this point in our life. You may listen to some teachers. On YouTube or whatever and you can hear things from the platform from a podium from uh, a recording that makes you feel funky or condemned or guilty or not loved by God don't listen to it anymore I'm not dissing the person I'm just saying not everyone ministers the Word of God from a place of understanding of the character and the nature of God some people still think he's after mankind for making the deed, for doing the deed. That's not true. That's not true. And I've told you all again and again, go to Genesis and see what happened immediately after the fall. God was still talking to Adam and Eve. Reassuring them, I haven't left. All of your perceptions have been affected by wrong influence. Father, we honor you. We love you. We love your word, Father God. You're so faithful and Father, I pray that that I've sown the seed you wanted me to sow tonight. I pray over that seed, Father. I thank you that Holy Spirit is actually the teacher, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will open up things for people to gain what you know they need. You know far better than me or any of the other faculty what each brother and sister needs. And so I pray over this word, Father. I pray that you would reveal truths that will literally save them and give them material to guard their thinking with. Father, we all love you so much. We've worshipped you tonight. You've been present with us. And we just say thank you. And I'm saying thank you ahead of time for things that you'll do in each one of us because of this seed, because this seed contains life. And so we thank you for the life that will come to each one of us because we've gathered in your name tonight, Jesus. And we've fellowshiped by the power of your Holy Spirit. So we say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.